Warning, this podcast may contain strong explicit language as this is my personal opinions on football. Listener discretion advised. You are now listening to The Stumpy Show. What is going on everybody? It has been a while since you heard my voice on this show and you are listening now to The Stumpy Show. As always, I am your host Kyle Stump, aka Stumpy. And these playoffs were really interesting on the road to the Super Bowl. And now, let's look at the teams that did not make it. First off, the Steelers. How they got in, I have no idea. They should be thanking Indy for collapsing. And thanking Brandon Staley for calling that timeout in that last game of the season against the Raiders. When he did, otherwise, the Steelers wouldn't be here. And that game against the Chiefs pretty much showed that as the defense couldn't get anything done against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. I mean, I'd say around the third quarter was when I knew that this game was pretty much over. And not really surprising that Big Ben and the Steelers couldn't get anything done, as yes, we can confirm that this was 100% Big Ben's last game in the NFL, as Ben Roethlisberger announced his retirement after 18 years in the league. As Roethlisberger isn't the only one leaving, that that's also being general manager Kevin Colbert stepping down after the 2022 draft, but says could stay on the team in a new role. I mean, it'll be interesting for the Steelers of who they'll go with the quarterback in the future. Either they'll either have, have Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph take the reins, or possibly draft a quarterback in the draft. And at this point, who knows anymore? I mean, we know this. I knew it should have been the Chargers in this situation instead of the Steelers. The Chargers pretty much deserved it. Or the Colts, too. Next up, my Patriots. One word to describe this team in this in the wild card game against Buffalo. Hmm, what's the word that I'm looking for? Oh yeah, pathetic. But that's mostly on the defense part. I mean, Mac Jones tried to do as much as he could. But the defense pretty much looked like the first half of the year. Getting run over by Josh Allen and giving up five passing touchdowns, which is pretty much inexcusable. I mean, it is kind of hard when you're on the road. I get that. Like, the defense played like they were hungover from the night before, just like in freaking Varsity Blues. And, I mean, there's going to be a lot of work to be done to this Patriots team in the offseason. They're still debating on whether or not J.C. Jackson is going to be paid or he's going to go to, or if he's going to go to another team. And also, there's going to be a little bit of conflict between who they keep on defense at linebacker. Are they going to keep Dante Hightower? Or are they going to keep Jawan Bentley? Or are they going to keep both of them? And one of them, I feel like, has got to go. And also, the Patriots need that number one receiver for Mac Jones. Like I said in the past, the wide receiver core is good with Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Hunter Henry. But they just need that top guy to take that next step. And with how stacked the wide receiver free agency class is, There are going to be a lot of candidates. Guys like Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, or or will Belichick bring in another Alabama product, that being John Mechie, in the 2022 draft class. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders. And like I said in my playoff breakdown podcast, that regardless if the Raiders made it far or not, 
should applaud. We should have still applaud them for all the stuff that they went through and still made it to the playoffs. And with this game, it was just the better man won, and that being the Bengals. Even though this game did have some controversy, as with under two minutes remaining in the first half, it looked like Joe Burrow stepped out of bounds, but the play continued despite a whistle being blown, which set up Burrow to throw a 10-yard touchdown to Tyler Boyd, and everybody was pissed about that in which that touchdown gave the Bengals a 20-6 lead heading into halftime. As head referee of that game, Jerome Booger and his crew said that they did not feel, you know, not feel the whistle was blown before the receiver caught the ball. And due to that controversy, Jerome Booger will, and his crew will not officiate in another game ever again, despite the refs saying that Burrow was out of bounds. But yeah, but it was glad to see the Bengals finally win their first postseason game for the first time in 31 years. But it didn't, ha it was still going to have a little bit of controversy regardless. And now we go on to the teams eliminated in the NFC wildcard round. First up, the Eagles. Going into this game, I was, I was expecting the Buccaneers to dominate the Eagles in this game. And that they pretty much did. Those guys got smoked in this game. Like one minute you got Tom Brady throwing touchdowns left and right over here. And then you got that front seven dominating over there. And you got the Buccaneers offensive line being dominant towards the Eagles front seven over here. Etc. This game pretty much was a jobber versus a top star match. And you should guess which one is which. The Buccaneers were the top star and the Eagles were the jobbers. I did say that this would ha this was going to happen and I was proven right. All this pretty much proved is that is that the Vikings deserve to be here more than you. And it's somewhat clear and obvious. And that Eagles front front offensive line have has been a little leaky over the past couple years and it's about to be even more leaky as Brandon Brooks announced his retirement. Brooks has played for the Eagles since 2016 before coming to the team from the Houston Texans, in which Brooks played for the Texans from 2012 to 2015. And Brooks played, one, played 114 games and started in 108 of them. And Brooks was a three-time Pro Bowler. For the Eagles from 2017 to 2000 through 2019. Happy retirement to you. Next up, the Arizona Cardinals. And this was a team that started off the year undefeated, but have gone downhill in, in many weeks since. And all this pretty much proved in this game was that Kyler Murray needs DeAndre Hopkins. And it wasn't just this game. That's been proven most of the year when he came back from it, when Kyler Murray came back from an injury. And in this game, the Rams pretty much proved that they were the better team and pretty much deserved their shot as the winner of the NFC West. And with this victory for the Rams, that pretty much paved the way for Matthew Stafford's first career playoff win with him having zero in Detroit. And it's going to be a mystery of what this team will do in the offseason. Try to fill on a couple couple of those voids that the Cardinals need on defense. 
I think so, and it's mostly been one of Cliff Kingsbury's weaknesses pretty much since he was coaching for Texas Tech. And that was probably one of the reasons why he got fired from Texas Tech was because he couldn't build a defense. Next up, the Cowboys. <laughs> this was inevitable that this was going to happen. It doesn't matter how good the Cowboys were in the regular season. They always find a way to blow it when it matters most. And I mean, this was the chance for the Cowboys to shut us haters up and try to make a Super Bowl run. And all this game proved is that this team is so overrated. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a great turnaround from the mind of Dan Quinn, who had a lot of coaching offers going into the offseason, with his first year being the team's defensive coordinator after flopping big time as the Falcons' head coach. But the good news for the Cowboys was that Quinn decided not to be an idiot and take a head coaching job that early and is staying as the team's defensive coordinator. I mean, the Cowboys did put up a put up a hell of a fight towards the end, but my question is to you, Kellen Moore, why the hell are you having Dak Prescott run a quarterback draw with under 10 seconds left and no timeouts? That one's on you, buddy. And Mike McCarthy approved it. The fact that McCarthy approved that was beyond me. And I really hope those rumors are true that Mike McCarthy is going to get fired. And if McCarthy's fired, the next man up is probably Kellen Moore. But going into the offseason, the Cowboys are going to be losing a lot of players. This team having 22 free agents, including Randy Gregory... Jerron Curse, Leighton Vanderesh, Dalton Schultz, and Michael Gallup. I mean, this team will be screwed if a couple of those guys I listed aren't signed with the Cowboys. And all I gotta say about this game, HOW ABOUT THEM COWBOYS! And now on to the divisional round. In, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, we're pretty much the best football we've seen in a very long time and it almost seemed like you can make a movie out of all of them with four different directors one one game directed by martin scorsese one game directed by quentin tarantino one game directed by clint eastwood and one directed by steven spielberg and all these games were really good first up the titans within this game the Titans brought back a war horse in um, Derrick Henry in a game that was going to be a war of the worlds against Cincinnati. As Henry came back almost like his usual self and was telling defenders to catch me if you can. As he was, sa he was saving Private Ryan Tannehill from having one of the messiest games of his career so far. And through the duration of this game, everybody was biting their nails like Jaws. But in that game, it was Joe Burrow who was who was stinging everybody like Bumblebee, as this game was as wild as Jurassic Park. And back there, I was doing a little bit of puns with the directors I mentioned, and those were all Spielberg's movies. But, almost, but in all seriousness, the Titans looked like it had they had the game won, 
until Ryan Tannehill threw a costly interception with under two minutes left to Bengals linebacker Logan Wilson, setting up Evan McPherson for a for a 52-yard attempt. But my question for Tennessee heading into the offseason, can they really win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback? I think not. Next up, the Buffalo Bills. And this was a matchup that was played in the AFC Championship game last year, and this was a rematch that everybody wanted to see. But the only difference is, it's in a different time. Not in the AFC Championship, but the divisional round. And after last, the previous week, with the Patriots coming in, and the Bills successfully completing their mission to kill Bill, they head into Arrowhead, taking on Patrick Mahomes and his inglorious bastards. And this game was back and forth. Josh Allen put it all on the line. And Patrick Mahomes did do the same thing. And for the Bills, Gabriel Davis was putting on a clinic at wide receiver, breaking a franchise record for most receiving yards in a playoff game. But Buffalo's problem in this game were, was that they were leaving Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey wide open. And with overtime, with Mahomes in the last 13 seconds of the of regulation, bringing the Chiefs within field goal range, setting up Harrison Butker to kick a game-time field goal. And then in overtime... Chiefs got the ball, and some of us were like, we know how this is going to end. And that was with Mahomes driving the length of the field and throwing a touchdown to Travis Kelsey to end the game. And the end result of that was his clout-chasing brother and his annoying fiance spraying a good, ma good majority of Arrowhead head with champagne. I mean, I get you're happy and, and that the team won, but some of that is going a little bit far. And it almost brings us back to memories of week two when Mahomes' clout-chasing brother dumped water on a Ravens fan. And another thing for the Bills, they'll be without their offensive coordinator as their offensive coordinator, Brian DeBowell, was named head coach of the New York Giants. We don't know what's going to go on over there in that clown show. Next up, Green Bay Packers. And they knew coming in there that this was their last chance to win a Super Bowl with Rodgers. Like, this was the last dance for Rodgers. But it turned out to be an automatic fail. But it was mostly the special teams that collapsed when it mattered most. And if that blocked field goal heading into halftime and that block punt never happened, then the Packers would be in the NFC Championship game right now. And in this game, the Packers pretty much had Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams carrying the whole team. And even the defense were doing a good amount of work. But in the end, it just wasn't enough. And I literally keep on forgetting that San Fran in the playoffs has been Green Bay's kryptonite, as Rodgers was is 0-4 against the the 49ers in the playoffs. And the Packers have a series of key players that they need to pay. And it seems like that season was pretty much all for nothing. And you probably knew that Robbie Gold was getting ready for a game-winning field goal when he was practicing his field goals during the Packers player introductions. But with the two number one seeds in each, each conference the Titans and the Green Bay Packers. The difference between the two 
is that the Titans are still going to be playoff contenders in the next couple years. Probably not winning a Super Bowl, but we'll probably be close at times. And for the Packers, this was it. Aaron Rodgers, probably gone. Devontae Adams, he's probably gone. And they're also losing a member of their, of their coaching staff. Offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hatchett accepting the job as the Denver Broncos' new head coach. And if Hatchett and Rodgers were on good terms, then he Rodgers is probably heading to Denver. And as a matter of fact, those are the Denver is the odds-on favorite to snag Rodgers. Next up, the Buccaneers. And all I can say right now is thank God we're not getting Chiefs Bucks too. Because honestly, in my opinion, it would probably feel like the Cavs Warriors NBA Finals for the past four years. In which, don't get me wrong, they're both two talented teams. But it just probably would have been tiring seeing the same game two years in a row. And part of me was thinking that Tampa Bay probably wasn't going to make it because of the injuries that they were having at the end of the year with to Levante, David, and Leonard Fournette. Although the difference is those guys came back in time for playoff action. But another key reason why Chris Godwin going down with a torn ACL. And there's a possibility that Godwin could be leaving in free agency. And with this game, the Rams were pretty much on a roll. Leading the game 27-3 at one point. But being, being the New Englander I am and know how crazy Brady can come back in games like this. I was like, just wait. And then Leonard Fournette scored two touchdowns. And then Mike, then Brady throwing a bomb to Mike Evans for a touchdown to tie the game up at 27 with not much time left on the clock. But Tampa Bay forgot one thing. Stafford is also clutch in these situations, as he was in Detroit. As Stafford would throw a bomb to Cooper Cup to bring the Rams within field goal range into the final seconds, and then setting up Matt Gay for a chip shot field goal to have the Rams win and moving on to the NFC Championship game. And my question for the Buccaneers, where do they go from here? Especially when rumors are were all over the place of Brady retiring and the fact that they're that they're losing Byron Lu- offense coordinator Byron Luff- Leftwich to coaching the Jaguars, which now that could go either way. But besides Chris Godwin, they could be losing JPP, Ryan Jansen, Nadamakan Sue, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, OJ Howard, Richard Sherman, Carlton Davis, Alex Capo, Jordan Whitehead. A lot of key players who could be leaving the team this season. And I don't know if Tampa will have the same luck in signing all of them back. Just like last year when they re-signed all their starters. And now the next team that didn't make it to the Super Bowl, Conference Championship Edition, Kansas City Chiefs. Can't believe Kansas City made all that noise after that win against Buffalo in the divisional rounds to the point to where they slowly gave up a 21-3 lead. But I mean, don't really blame Kansas City. It looked like it was all but over at one point into the game. But for Cincinnati, it seemed like God was definitely on their side. It seemed like God did not want to see Jackson Mahomes post a cringy go into a soup to the Super Bowl TikTok and also didn't want to hear Brittany Mahomes' annoying voice again, possibly spraying champagne in the crowd. And in the third, that interception by BJ Hill was really crucial in that victory 
for the Bengals. But with that comeback, this game still went into overtime. And just as we thought the Bengal, the Chiefs were going to win easily, a lot of us were like, we all know how this is going to end. And little did we know that Mahomes would throw a costly bomb interception off the hands of Tyreek Hill and into the hands of Bengals cornerback Von Bell. And that was set up Evan Shooter McPherson up for a 32-yard game winner. As Burrow becomes the first first overall quarterback to lead the Bengals into the Super Bowl in his first two seasons. And we don't know where Kansas City goes from here. And they got players heading into free agency, that being Tyron Matthew, Jaron Reed, and Melvin Ingram. And I mean, they'll be back in the AFC Championship game for years to come. And as long as Mahomes and Reed aren't going anywhere, then the team will be back. Mark my word. And the last team that didn't make it, San Francisco 49ers. I don't know how to feel about this. 17-7. to And you let the Rams score 13 unanswered points in the fourth. I mean, it was inevitable for Sean McVay to finally get a win over his former buddy who they used to coach in Washington together and Kyle Shannon. And Garoppolo did all that he could in this game to keep you guys in it. But it just kind of wasn't meant to be. And just as Garoppolo would have the chance to try to right that wrong, throws an awkward interception to Von Miller to seal the game. Mostly it was just Stafford and Cup being too much for that that 49er secondary, which is pretty much the weakest part of San Fran's defense, which has pretty much held them back all this season. As a matter of fact, this isn't one person and takes the whole blame for this loss. This is actually a team loss. There isn't one exact person to blame. The question going in is, isn't isn't will they be back? The question pretty much will be. When will be the, will they be back? Because there's a possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo could be in another uniform next season. And honestly, I don't know how long it will take Trey Lance to bring this team to the Super Bowl. If Lance is lucky, it probably won't take that long. But only time will tell on that. And now that we've looked at the teams that didn't make it to the Super Bowl, let's take a look at the teams that did make the Super Bowl. First, from the NFC. And now part of me is surprised, but part of me isn't surprised that the Los Angeles Rams made it to the Super Bowl. And might I remind you, this team made the Super Bowl back in 2018, but not many faces have stuck around since then. You still have Aaron Donald, one of the most ferocious defensive players of all time in recent memory. And he hasn't lost a beat since that Super Bowl and you also had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods still on the team, in which that season, Cup suffered an ACL tear, but has gone on to have one of the most dominant seasons as a wide receiver this season, nearly breaking Calvin Johnson's record for most receiving yards in a single season. And Woods, on the other hand, suffered a torn ACL midway through the year, so he will not play in the Super Bowl. And they still have longtime offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth, who still is effective on the O-line at age 40, even though retirement might be coming his way soon. And since their 2018 season, there have been a lot of new faces. First off, starting at the quarterback position, Matthew Stafford, 
who's pretty much been overlooked as a potential elite quarterback, but that was mostly because of him being on the crappy Lions teams. But that trade to send him to L.A. and L.A. sending Goff and Michael Brockers to Detroit pretty much changed Stafford's life. And even though Stafford had a lot of mistakes in this season, he still exceeded expectations. And other names they brought in, such in free agency and trade over the years, include Odell Beckham Jr., Von Miller, Sony Michelle, Leonard Floyd, and Jalen Ramsey. Who Ramsey hasn't lost a beat since leaving Jacksonville in a trade to L.A. And as for Leonard Floyd and... Von Miller, they've been key guys on the front seven all season of guys that you don't want to mess with. Even though Miller's shown a little bit of his age as of late, it isn't just free agency and trades. They've actually done well in drafting as of late. Drafting Cam Akers last year was effective in his rookie year, but not so much as he had suffered an an Achilles injury and missed most of the season. And also names like Jordan Fuller, who's actually come into his own at times. And he pretty much led the team in tackles with 113. And the secondary was kind of the weakest part of their team, with it kind of being a one-man show with Ramsey. And it was to the point so that they brought back Eric Weddle back from retirement. And as for their opponents from the AFC, it's a little different. A different story that they had to go through. The Bengals, the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. If you were to tell me that this team would make the Super Bowl in August, I would have punched you in the face and called you crazy. And this is a team that had no expectations, not high expectations coming into this season. As a matter of fact, I thought that there would be like a 7-8 win team at best. But this season, this team has been beyond that. With this happening, I definitely feel like we are in the twilight zone. Or the upside down from Stranger Things. And now they got here was led by one man, Joe Burrow. In just his second year as a pro. I mean, I was shocked of the season he had. But part of me wasn't at the same time. But this dude got murdered last year against the Washington football team, suffering a torn ACL. Who knew that the next season he would probably be in the running for MVP? And he was also snubbed of the Pro Bowl, but probably if he limited the mistakes, he would have gotten there. But he didn't do it alone. Had help from another couple of players as well, including an old friend, Jamar Chase, who a lot of people coming in didn't have a lot of expectations, especially in preseason when he was dropping passes left and right. And a lot of us who said that they should have picked Penesul over Jamar Chase, Chase was proving them right. But after that, pretty much woke up to have one of the most dominant seasons as a rookie of all time as a wide receiver. So much that he broke the Bengals receiving yards record in in his first year. And also that wide receiver core besides Chase of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are no slouches either. Even though Burrow and Higgins faced off against each other in the national championship back in 2019. And if none of those guys are around... You got Joe Mixon ready 
in the backfield ready to run everyone over in pretty much the most dominant year st- statistically ever in yards and touchdowns. But, I mean, that O-line is still sus, but they hold their own when needed to. And with this team, you got one of the most underrated defenses all season, led by the two-headed monster at defensive end of a free agent pickup Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard who Hendrickson we thought was going to be a one-year wonder with the Saints last season turned out to be one of the most dominant defensive ends this year and you also have solid names in that that defense as well B.J. Hill, Logan Williams, Jermaine Pratt, free agent pickups Trey Waynes, Mike Hilton, D.J. Reader, and Von Bell who have come into their own as new members of the Bengals team compared to last year. And this team still has one of the most solid corners in the game right now, Jesse Bates, who didn't have the best season this season, but was still effective when needed. And But really, there should be two people you should thank to being in this Super Bowl matchup. Eli Apple, even though he's trash, made a, made a clutch tackle when it mattered most to Tyreek Hill near halftime. If that tackle never would have happened, then the Bengals probably wouldn't have came back into that game. And the other person should thank Evan McPherson, putting into the daggers against Tennessee and Kansas City. But let's face it, it's all Burrow who brought them to where they are right now. And this is an interesting Super Bowl matchup, as this is the first time in Super Bowl history that a top three seed did not make it. And part of me is thinking that this is kind of an unfair matchup to say the least, as it seems like the Rams probably have the most experience out of everyone on the on the Bengals team and kind of have the more talent and have been coached really well by Sean McVay. But you know what? I don't buy that, honestly. I actually think the Bengals have a fair shot. And even though the Rams haven't won a Super Bowl in 20 years, I feel like the Bengals want this more. I mean, they're a young team and they probably will be back in the next couple years, if all goes well. And the Bengals are more hungrier in a situation like this. And yeah, like I said, they will have more chances in the future to possibly bring a Super Bowl home. But I just have this gut feeling that the Bengals might win this game. But in close fashion, and this organization has been waiting over 30 years for a Super Bowl opportunity. And that was back in the days of Joe Montana. And I mean, this game could go either way, but my prediction will be that the Bengals will win their first Super Bowl in franchise history with a final score of 31-28. to And I don't know if I jinxed that. And if I did, should I congratulate the Rams now? And that will wrap up this episode of The Stumpy Show. And there have been a good amount of news that I'd missed throughout this episode and one of the biggest ones has been but it's about a coach hanging it up that's right sean payton head coach of the new orleans saints since 2006 has hung up the headset for good as payton not long ago announced his retirement and he's had one hell of a coaching career and he'll be missed not just in New Orleans, but in the NFL as a whole, which is kind of weird that I'm saying that like he's dead when really he's not dead. My guess is that Peyton not handling the retirement of Drew Brees 
just let him be like, screw it, and just hung up the headset for good. And next up for Peyton will probably be Canton. And as always, I'm your host, Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye